My name's Jim Derrick, and welcome to another edition of Chapters. On today's program, we'll meet a man who approached retirement by taking the road less traveled. Wayne Burt dedicated 27 months of his life serving in one of our nation's most revered institutions, the Peace Corps. We'll hear from Wayne about his service and how it served to transform his life for years to come. All that and much more coming up next on Chapters. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Chapters. Today, we're going to have a conversation about the Peace Corps. Very, very few people, uh, I'm guessing, in our audience know anybody that has volunteered for the Peace Corps, and there's a reason for that. We're going to talk a lot more about that as we have a conversation with our guest, Wayne Burt. Wayne Burt, welcome. Thank you. Wayne served in the Peace Corps for 27 months, and we're going to talk to Wayne about his story. Importantly, I'd like people to know something about the Peace Corps. Uh, Peace Corps was signed in by uh, JFK back on September 22nd of 1961. It was founded by Sergeant Shriver, who was Eunice Shriver's husband. Uh, Eunice was uh, JFK's sister. And at, at that time, it was kind of a thought of as kind of a crazy thing to do. Uh, it was certainly uncharted waters, and Sergeant Shriver could have done anything with his life, but he chose to found the Peace Corps. And the Peace Corps' mission, as it has developed over time, is to promote world peace and friendship by fulfilling really three goals. And the three goals are to help the people of interested countries in meeting their need for trained men and women, to help promote a better understanding of Americans in these other countries, and also to help promote a better understanding of other peoples by Americans that volunteer. Uh, and there is so much more to the Peace Corps, and that's why we have our guest Wayne Burt in studio today. Um, Wayne spent 27 months as a volunteer with the Peace Corps, and his story is fascinating. Wayne, I, I just can't tell you how much I appreciate having you here today. Well, it's going to be an interesting story. It I think, sure is. Tell. It sure is. So, Wayne, uh, Talk to me a little bit, if you will, about the process of that led up to you deciding to uh, volunteer for the Peace Corps and make a long-term commitment like that. I think it started when I decided to retire early. I decided I was going to retire at 55. I looked into some information about Peace Corps after an after some interest uh, with my daughter with the the, the uh, AmeriCorps. AmeriCorps, AmeriCorps is very, yep. very mm -hmm. similar to that. Looked into that information and saw that it could be interesting. Um, went to the process of applying for the Peace Corps. It took mm -hmm. about a year and a half or so, if I recall, to get accepted and to find out what, where I was going and to do all the types of things that they had to do. They had to go do medical. They had to obviously do a background check right. on you. And all that right. And you were sharing with me before the show. I had assumed that just volunteering was enough. But a, a small percentage of people that volunteer actually get accepted. Yeah. It, if I recall, right, when I was... But you know, there's like 10 to 15 percent of the people 10 to 15%. only get will get accepted. Okay. Yeah. Now, how would it, what the ratio is today? I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's not the same. Wow. Because, right. And you and and so you you do all of that medical and physical and every all the other requirements. And and you said it was about a year that it took you to be well, yeah year and a half. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, do you have an idea of why you were accepted over other people? I asked, kind of asked that question when I went to the recruiter. There was a recruiter in, I guess I had to go into Boston, I yeah. think it was. And yeah. the, the recruiter said, you know, one of the things that we just liked your resume, you had a lot of experience as a youth 
leader. Yeah, I have a lot of and you a lot of experience with an EMT. And EMT is what helped uh, me into one of the sectors that they have. They have a health sector yep. that they can assign people to. Yep. And he said that's what intrigued me when um, I got your resume. Yeah. And the reason I ask that question is um, I've known Wayne. In full full disclosure, I've known Wayne for many years, but. This is the this is what I love about this program. It's a storytelling program, and I've never really heard the details of Wayne's trip. I was aware that he was he was away. Um, Wayne's a tremendous guy. He, he's a service oriented person, but this is such an enormous commitment to me. I just I was just wondering uh, if there was a particular uh, qualification that you had. So um, so you get accepted to the Peace Corps, um, and uh, then you then you are assigned a country. Ten years ago, you get to select an area of the world, that you, of the six or so, seven regions that they have. You were able to select other regions, and you weren't able to select a country. Nowadays, it's like two years ago, they changed it so that you can apply for any country that you want. Wow. Well, can, you, can we roll it back a little bit? You had retired early, but this is such an intensive service-related project. You're not going there to uh, relax. <laughs> You're going there for service. Um, I'm just curious, what what drew you to the idea of making such a commitment in the name of service at a time when I can imagine people that retire early are looking forward to going fishing or sailing or something like that? I think the couple of things that came across to me, one was that I really had no reason to say no because I was in the, the, the concern about uh, what am I going to do after I retire? Yeah. And I didn't have any desires to do the relaxing life in it because I have been a service, as you said earlier, I have been a service-oriented guy, and I, just, I was and I still am. Yeah. And, and so that was one way to do it. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons I decided to go in was I had never served my country. And then the other, my brothers, I have two brothers that are in the Air Force. Uh, I had at a time when we were in the lottery. We had the lottery for the— for Sure. The, I beat the lottery. You beat it, so yeah. yeah. I went to college, and, and then my career started from there. I really had no time or no—I did have a desire at one point. I was going to be in the Air Force with my brothers. Really? Um, but everything worked out the other way. Yeah. I, I, I um, beat the lottery, for instance, at the time. I went to Northeastern, um, went to the criminal justice program there. Spent a 32-year, 33-year career in corrections— uh, and so, this was my time to yeah. Yeah. to serve my country. To serve, uh, what a you know. I mean, when Wayne walked into the studio, we were talking before the show, and he said, "Gee, I'm not sure how much how much of my story is interesting." And this is what I love about this: um, you just don't meet people every day that 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 draw that line between. Uh, gee, I I I was able to to I managed to to win the lottery and by not having to serve at one point in my life. And now I'm compelled to serve and to give up this time and to go help people. Um, and, and to me, that's just a, a very compelling and says a lot about your character and, and who you are. So you get accepted to the Peace Corps and uh, you're assigned a country. I was assigned to Armenia and I, know, I had no idea where <laughs> Armenia was. I had to look it up. Found out it was is a, a neighboring country to where my son was serving in Afghanistan. Really? You so, s I did not know that. That was awesome because we were on the same time zone. We could communicate via, via uh, email yep. at the same time. And it was, that was an awesome period of time uh, when we were both there. I would love to have been able to meet him, but we, you know, that wouldn't happen. He was in but, Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah. So, How long did he serve? He did four, 
five years with the Rangers. So you're literally that's got to be a, a very weird experience to be to be literally sitting sitting in a neighboring country yeah. by happenstance. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think the neighboring country he did tours in Af- Afghanistan and, and Iraq, and I think it's Iraq that's uh, close where he was play, yeah. where he was at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and so you you. I, I'm just trying to think of the thought process that goes through your mind. Um, you know, you don't know the language at all. Nope. You know nothing about the country other than what you can quick read on, right? Does the Peace Corps give you any type of training or uh, introduction or debriefing on what it is, what, it, what it's like over there and what you might be up against? Yeah. What challenges I, you might if, face? If I recall, it was like a three-day Maybe a three-day orientation to the Peace Corps itself with all the people that were going to be in your group. My group was called uh, 16, or the 16th group to go to Armenia. Really? Yeah. Okay. And so right now they're up to whatever it is. It's a two-year program, so it's probably up to number 22 right now, something yep. like that. But uh, So I met all the other volunteers. They were, they were, most of them were young. There were 50 there were fifty in our group that that started. Mm-hmm. It ended up with maybe 35 where people left for whatever reason they yeah, they left. Yeah, um, so there was a there was a short training period, but it's uh, it's relatively short. You're still when yeah. you're on that plane, you're not feeling oh boy, I know Armenia inside That's, out. I, no, I know. Yeah, absolutely. there was actually nothing to do with the country that you're going to when, when <laughs> okay. we did during the three right three day program. I right. think it was three days. Right. Uh, you learned everything once you were over there. Yeah, so you're going for 27 months, and um, the, the details we'll get into a little bit later on, on how you support yourself and all that. But you're going over there. I'm just trying to imagine packing for that type of thing. I have no idea where I'm going. I really don't know the culture. I, I look up the weather. I mean, are these all the type of things you were doing? Right, and they, and they, that kind of thing they did help you with. And yeah. they, there was restrictions on how, you know, how much luggage you can bring over there and, yeah. and um, the types of things that you should bring. I didn't bring a computer over there, for instance. Really? I did not. I was yeah. probably one of the only ones that didn't. Yeah. Ended up getting one through the people at the church who bought one for me. And, awesome. And... Uh, yeah. I was able to use that, still have it today. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So you have a vague idea of what you're getting into. We'll talk a little bit about how they, what your formation is as a volunteer. I just want to remind everybody, you're listening to Chapters Radio. My name's Jim Derrick. My guest in studio today is Wayne Burt, and Wayne spent... 27 months of his life as a volunteer for the Peace Corps. Uh, The name of this program is Chapters Radio. You can find me on chaptersradio.com on my podcast. Um, So, Wayne, you are now on your way over to Armenia. Um, I imagine you're filled with nerves. You can imagine, you know, you're kind of thinking, what's it going to be like when I touch down? Now, the Peace Corps arranges for a host family for you. Is that how it works? Right. When you go there, you're... uh there's a three-month training program. That's where the 27 comes in because you're volunteering for two years. So if you didn't make that training for the three months, you're you're out. Okay. Okay. Um, so you are with a host family for those three months. Yep. I was in a, in a town called Alapars and with a host family of like seven or eight because mm-hmm. it's very common over there mm-hmm. for a family to be grandchildren, parents, and grandparents. So it's a All it's three generation. Yep. Yep. It's very yep. common. Yeah. Um, a lot of cultures, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, out of both necessity and out of a tradition. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're going over there to really work with people that, that are in need, yep. which is which is the mission here. I want people to understand Wayne is not Armenian. Uh, you don't speak the language. Uh, you walk in there, you get three months of immersion training in, in Armenian. Correct. That's it. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. But it, that was uh, 24, well, not 24-7, but that was every day. Every day. Uh, every day, and that's required. 
Right. And then it's a 24-month service commitment. Correct. Right. Okay. So, uh, so Wayne, what was the you, – you said that you had a couple of areas. You're an EMT, so you were qualified on the medical side. And uh, what, what did you choose to do when you were in Armenia from – or what did they choose for you as yeah, a service? Yeah, what uh, did they choose yeah. for me? They, yeah. We didn't know where we were going to be assigned until after you, after you do those three months mm-hmm. of, of training. They assigned me to a uh, disabled children's center in a town called Vardanis. Wow. And, and when I went there, you know, I met uh, the director there. They met all the kids that belonged there. Um, I remember situations where I had to carry kids up the stairs because there's no elevators in this particular building. So and they the don't have are, an ADA code or anything over there. No, no, yeah. no ADA yeah. code. Yeah. Boy, that had to have a, a huge impact on you, just, just walking in and seeing these kids with, you said, mostly physical disabilities. Right. Um, and um, you didn't have experience as a, as a uh, special needs teacher or No, anything. not at all. Yeah. Not at all. It wasn't. And uh, because of their mental status, for the most part, for everybody was, they were mentally stable. They could understand, if they could understand my Armenian, they could understand what I was teaching. So the physical thing didn't really play into too much too much about we had a, we organized the camp one of the things I did while I was there was organize a camp for them in the summer and so those some of the physical activities we did outside uh, were challenging to some of them you know I'm, I'm picturing some of the things that we did the the school was you know, you see schools now, they're nice manicured lawns and things like that. That doesn't happen. Their lawn ends up being a hayfield. Yep. You know. Um, now, did you organize a summer camp yourself? That was one of the grants that I had uh, put in for while I was there. That they were interested in having a a, uh, a camp session, so I put in the grant, got some money so that they could. The money was used for food and all that kind of thing, transportation. They had a bus that would pick them up and bring them to the camp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've got some great pictures that Wayne shared with me, and with his permission, I'll post some of them on our podcast. Um, they're just tremendous pictures um, of these children. It's a great, it puts a great imagery to this, to this story. Um, Wayne, as you were teaching these kids English, what, what type of impact did it have on you in the classroom, in the classroom setting? I mean, did you, did you feel overwhelmed? Did you feel challenged? Did, did you know? Luckily, I found some, you know, most of the stuff I did were, was teaching English through games on the computer. So uh, that was the easy way to do it. And that's what they, I found that that's what they wanted. They didn't want to teach or student type relationship with the classroom. They didn't, uh, although in, the, in some of the, I did some college teaching too, and that was more blackboardy type stuff. Yeah, yeah. But the kids that I worked with most of the time were, were more interested in doing games, and they, they learned English. They did a lot of learning English through these computer games. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. great. Um, and you had some some one really inform, formative experience that happened to you while you were over there. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about one of the things that you taught them, that uniquely American? Yeah, certainly. Um, one of the things that I wanted to, to teach was uh, the game of baseball. Now, it was going to be hard to to teach that without without um, you know, baseball bats and all that kind of thing. So I asked people at home to, to send me some wiffle balls and wiffle ball bats. That was going to be the easier way to do it than sure. to actually other types of things. They wouldn't need gloves and all that kind of thing. Um, and so I got those supplies from volunteer, from primarily, I think, one person at Trinity, an Armenian friend of ours, sure. uh, who, who who sent me a, a, 
a, a supply of things. And, and that was in the wintertime when I got that supply, I believe. And in the summertime, I went to the YMCA there where I had also done some, done some volunteer um, groups, English groups. They all wanted English clubs. And so they, I did some work with the YMCA. And, and one of the things we did is, is teach them um, teach them base, baseball or uh, wiffle ball. Yeah. And we had to put out paper for the plates, yeah. for, you know, for each of the bases. Yeah. And, uh, and I, we spent two or three days going through that. And um, then on my off day, I happened to go by the YMCA and looked in the field and saw them playing. Yeah, and there it goes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so and, a, and that's uh, that's tremendously emotional to you. Well, because of all you know, that was. I'm not sure if that was my last year there, or it might have been my last year that I finally just let uh, to get the stuff and I got the courage to be able to 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 try to explain a game that they have no clue what it was all about. Um, so the image in your mind is that um, here are these kids that you love. They were a good group of kids. Yeah, you love them. And, and uh, you have hopes and dreams of maybe leaving something behind that, that can change them. And here they are doing exactly what you had just shown them for a very short period of time, relatively speaking. Yeah. They had yeah. no idea what baseball was. No. And you drive by, and there they are playing. Exactly. That was a good drive. We couldn't drive there, but we had, walk by. Yeah, yeah. walk by. There. We, yeah. They didn't allow to, we weren't allowed to drive, so... Without was, you standing there mentoring yeah, them or exactly. anything. Yeah, That's intense. It was intense for me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's intense for me listening to it. Tell me about some other experiences that you had over there with, around the kids. Any any particular kids st stick out to you um, with your host family? Um, with my first host family, the one that was, um, that I was there over three months for, that Sona was a young girl who who knew English a little bit. Um, and got to know a lot more. She's actually today she's excellent at English, um, and but she was a little bit trippy with trying to speak with me uh -huh. in English. Yep. And I was glad of that because I needed to speak Armenian. So right. with it, but she ended up being my kind of little favorite in that uh, in that family. Yeah, um, just other conversations. She would. Um, they made sure I got to school on time and all that. And she was pretty much the one that was by my side a lot. So mm -hmm. I, I, grew, I grew to kind of so love her a bit. You got close to these people. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, so just some of the some of the uh, nuts and bolts of the Peace Corps. You're over there for 24 months. You don't receive a salary. 27 months. You don't receive a salary. There's no salary. There is a stipend for. Yeah. The, the sti in fact, you know, I call it as I was telling you earlier. They the, uh, they call it volunteer, but I ended up paying taxes at the end of the year. I got sure. a W two because we get a housing allowance. We, there was a stipend. There was, yeah. when you end the service there, I think there was a I don't know two thousand or something dollar. Right. I forget. How Safe much to it was. say you're not over there for the money. No, absolutely not over there <laughs> yeah. for the money. You know, there's nothing that you can you do. You support. You're taking money yeah. out of your retirement to do this, and um, uh, and they they've only taken ten to fifteen percent of all applicants. And I think Wayne was being humble earlier in terms of um, what his qualifications were, knowing Wayne and his commitment to service. And so you get over there. Uh, here you are teaching English to disabled children. You're with a host family. You're, uh, I know you were communicating back here with us often. Um, we would give updates, I think, 
usually uh, pretty much reliably every other week in church there would be a mm-hmm. a blurb on what Wayne Burt was up to. Wow. Um, so yeah, it was it's pretty powerful sitting across from you here now thinking back to that. And it was it was ten years ago, and I can still remember it like it was yesterday. Um, there was a whole community uh, praying for Wayne uh, on this side, um, and um, I can remember thinking as a parishioner at the time, and of course that was 10 years ago, and I'm about 10 years younger than Wayne, I can remember thinking, wondering in my mind what it would take for me to to make a commitment like that. Um, I find myself having no problem volunteering for short-term short-term things you know yeah. i'll go rig some a lawn or something like that maybe do some uh, house cleaning for somebody maybe in a crazy day i'll be on a board of directors but to, to join the peace corps and go over to a, to a to another country that's basically assigned to you um really blows my mind is very very humbling i just have to tell you that uh, well it was it was a humbling experience you know the a group like i said started with like 50 of those 50, I think there were 10 of us or so that were over 55. Yeah. Or free, over 50, rather. That's the group they call it. And one married couple, and the married couple was, I think, maybe in the 40s or so. So I can understand a married couple going over there, and they're both together. and they, And they can, you know, they're just, they decided that they don't have any obligations here. In fact, this particular couple went on to serve two more years in another country. So sure. I think they were a Peace Corps hopping. I mean, they were saving a heck of a lot of money by just living off There of, you go. <laughs> it's a great retirement <laughs> plan. It really is. I mean, that, um, and so the 50, I would say the people who were, so the other 55s, myself included, were, you know, had no attachments that they had to be concerned about so that's that's a big factor that is uh, not yeah. not having to the any responsibility that couldn't be um, delayed for a couple of years i would you know as far as the church is concerned yeah i was pretty active in there and had very a big role in, in the finances as treasurer and all that kind of thing uh, very i mean wayne, wayne was the first face i think one of the first faces i saw at trinity when my son was baptized there 29 years ago um, and so I know how much you do and have done with the church. And I know how important the community here is locally to you. You're a, a lion in, in the Rentham Lions Club. Right. Um, so you're very, very active. And so that's that's kind of what I'm talking about. You are uh, giving up more than you uh, give yourself credit for for 20, 27 months, actually. Um, but I want to ask you about the the how you felt about the service that you did when you were over there. I know that you're teaching English uh, to disabled children, and, and that's... You know, do you feel like you had, can, can you point to impacts? You mentioned the baseball story, but were there other moments that were transformative to you where you say, wow, this is really making a difference here, either by something that I'm doing or by something the Peace Corps is doing? Well, I, let me think of one other, that this, um, I got the grant for the, for the camp, and they, again, did the camp. Um, few, that's one of the reasons why they, they have, or one of the stipulations on grants is that, it should be sustainable. So they should, this particular place did wow. a camp the following year. Without my, I was there, but I didn't, I didn't financially have put anything in. I don't believe I got a second grant. I think uh, they were able to pull it off on their own, which yeah. is what is it's meant to yeah. happen. That's yeah, you go of course. There and they can do things on their own. Um, for the YMCA, this wasn't through a grant, I believe. I don't believe. I think I got some volunteers some donations to have a playground built and so we helped we did um 
we had probably three or four different types of playground equipment. Again, in, in a field that was all grassy, you know, they don't have, they don't, I don't think I ever saw a lawnmower there. And so we put three or four pieces of equipment. Now, I don't know what that looks like today. I went back, like I said earlier, two years ago uh, to go back and visit all my friends. Um, and I don't think I ever went back to, to the Y to see if that playground is still in existence. Mm-hmm. They've had volunteers assigned to Vartanese, that town that I was in. Mm-hmm. Since then, two or three have been there and have followed them and followed what they've been doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I was as much. You know, you might, it might be the sad part of the story. I'm not so sure how much of an impact uh, we are. I, I won't say I don't. Even we, even the stories I hear from other Peace Corps volunteers that I was... I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we we do what we're so, supposed to do, but yeah, but, uh, you the know, impacts are really f- are the are the friends that you make. I, you just that's the, yeah, that's the key thing. I I met a, a doctor, a friend, because I was in this. No, she's teaching health. I, I ended up getting really friendly with, with a doctor who a couple of times had a treat treated me. Really, I, I fell down a group of a flight of stairs once. I smashed my face all up, and. um and then in time he yelped me, he treated me with a, a, I cut my finger really bad on one of their, their what they call a marshutni. It's a, marsh, it's a, it's a, it's a bus uh, or small van that really? takes okay. people around. And yep. I was getting out or helping, helping somebody else who, who had dropped their packages and helped them up and cut my finger really bad. Um, and he treated me for that. So this, this friend, doctor friend, who also wanted to learn a little bit of English, well, he was pretty good. Um, I was always over to his house. Uh. Um, and so I think, you know, that's the impact. If you go to the Peace Corps' mission, the, the core mission, um, I believe it's not to change the whole country, but it's really that one-on-one experience, right? Yeah. Where, where if you can talk to ten, you know, one person and they talk to ten people about this wonderful experience they've had with this American who's taught their, them wiffle ball, this sport, this baseball, who's, um, who's planted the seeds for this incredible uh, summer camp that didn't exist before he came who um, has had the nerve to put a playground in a spot that, after getting donations, in a spot that really you couldn't imagine a playground being before you got there. Mm-hmm. To me, those are big stamps because uh, it's that old one person's changed, ten people change. It's the power of multiplication. Does that make sense? Yeah, I understand what you're saying, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it is, it, you're right. It's those small things that do make an impact for for those who are living there. Yeah. Yeah, Sometimes. yeah, and, and we take so much for granted. I want to, I want to ask you about that. Um, did, did, did you come back with a sense that we take a lot for granted here, more so than when you left? Well, I live now. Tell you the truth, I live more like an Armenian now than I did before. I, I, I have very little possessions right now, and I'm happy with the fact that I have very little possessions. Wow. Um, so I called your cell phone. And uh, today, I believe it's your cell phone, and you said, I don't carry this yeah. on your message, so please leave a message, and I'll get back to you. Yeah. Is that an influence of the Armenian way, kind of a simplification? Everything. Yeah. I mean, I, I call my phone, my phone a Ben Franklin phone. It's just yeah. a flip, an old flip phone, yeah. and uh, I don't have this new stuff, and I'm happy not to have it. And, and, you've, and So it was transformative to you. Well, there's no question about it. Living... A, uh, a life completely. I mean, I always, I was, I, I was a rich person. I'm not a rich person, but I'm certainly rich compared to what the people I was serving for a couple of years. And to to live 
that level of of life. And I lived in an apartment that had no hot water, for instance, and no shower. So I had to I bring or had either I brought it with me or I had it sent over a, a camp bag, you oh know, a gosh. camp shower, a camp wow. shower, you know, and and that's meant to be a solar type of thing. Yeah. And I, you know, a couple of times I had it outside, but it's so cold in Armenia at times that didn't work. So I had to boil. I boiled water, threw it into the thing, and, and made a shower out of that. Um, so this this less is more thought came back, but it's more than less is more. Is that you just said you're happy? Oh I, yeah, I mean I'm I'm happy living a a life much more similar to Armenians and Americans right now. Yeah. Well, it's to to be able to know that, and they're happy people. They're very happy people over there. They don't, um, they're not, they're not upset or they're not um, wanting for things. Uh, families, like I said, live live eight or ten in a family is not uh, not unusual. You know, a poor country you would think there was to be homelessness. I never saw a homeless person sitting on a bench ever. Really, there. and it's a poor country. You know, that blew my mind. Here yeah. we get homeless people all over the place. Yeah, um, and there they take care of their, their own. I would think is a way to put it. Wow, wow! What and and as you just said, they're happy, um, happy intrinsically as opposed to with outside possessions. The new car smell wears off pretty fast. I yeah, found, uh, I don't think as I, I get older. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, and I use that metaphorically, but. Um, I, so the mission of the Peace Corps to promote a better understanding of the Armenian people certainly happened for you. Um, and uh, uh, there's more than enough evidence that it happened uh, in the opposite way. Um, practically speaking, Wayne, um, if somebody was was to think about joining the Peace Corps, what, what type of advice would you give them? The biggest advice I would say is make sure you have no major commitments for the next two years or so. Uh, apply early. I think the, the the people who get denied, there have been people as I follow them on Facebook, other people who are questioning the process. You know, they try again and they get in. Um, but being prepared, I I was you can't. I don't know if you can prepare yourself um, for it. Maybe now more t- today you might be able to because you can apply for the country that you might want to be in. Yeah, and sure. If you get that country, so you right. probably there must be a reason why you pick a particular country. Right. I picked a region because I was interested in traveling. Afterwards, I travel. I only did a couple of vacations. I went to. Yep. I wanted to see the the pyramids, and so I went to Egypt. Mm-hmm. Then I went to Turkey and and visited there for a while but i didn't do much as much traveling as i thought i was going to do wasn't your traditional vacation right i mean this was exploring and looking at other cultures um the typical age of somebody going to the peace corps you mentioned you were on a on the high end by a long shot it's mostly younger people yeah it's mostly i would think kids getting out of college yep either not finding a job opportunity yeah yeah or it might be that you know they did have a uh a sense of mission and wanted to do things before they started their, yeah. their work career, which is not, it's a smart move to yeah. do something like that before you start your career because once you start your career, it's very difficult to, yeah. to yeah. break down. Yeah. I want to remind everybody, we are having a great conversation with Wayne Burt. This is Chapters Radio. My name's Jim Derrick. Uh, you can find us at chaptersradio.com where our podcast is hosted. Wayne is talking to us about his experience with the Peace Corps. 
I wanted to ask you in terms of your relationships in Armenia that you left behind, and, and maybe those relationships weren't left behind, but the people you left behind, what was it like extracting yourself emotionally uh, and reintegrating back here in the States, having had all of these experiences you had? Reintegrating was, was interesting. Um, I don't recall... Um, I don't recall scanners in, in, so I had a hard time, believe it or not, I had a hard time shopping here. Really? Uh, things, it, you wouldn't go down a store in, in Ar- Armenia, the whole, the whole level, be, the whole aisle being potato chips. It would not happen, but that happens here. And you can go down and see long rows of potato chips, long rows of, 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 Soft drinks, cookies, Cook, or whatever yeah. the row is—a whole a whole aisle, two yeah, aisles dedicated. I mean, exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah. that didn't happen there. And so the abundance, yeah. abundance of what we have here for yeah. sure. Yeah. And um, most of the hanuts, they call them hanuts, the stores um, were little small mom and pop shops. And if you got to this the uh, the capital city of Yerevan, then there would be more of a um, small scale stop and shop type like a westernized shop. market, yeah, yeah. Um, but still, even going in there, uh, I, I couldn't find peanut butter, for instance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was a that, that's an, an unknown product for the most part over there, mm-hmm. especially in the villages. And so coming back here to a thing like that, and not not knowing how to scan, do it, scan not know the credit card yeah. sliding credit card thing. And, it's got to be it's very all, disorienting. It, it is. It was disorienting for probably about three months, and they they told you that that's going to happen. Really? When you come back, you're going to. It's going to be a disorienting, mm-hmm. and it definitely was. Mm-hmm. How hard was it for you to leave the kids behind? It was not as hard as I expected it might be, um, because they were they're older. They were on their own. They were out of the house, mm-hmm. um, and so that was it. It was. And I knew, you know, we'd be able to communicate through email and all that kind okay. of thing. So yeah. it was, it wasn't as tough as it might have been had I had real younger kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were there other things that were kind of disorienting about coming back? Just that sense that you've been separated. I wonder what's been going on here. You mentioned your daughter, for instance. She had purchased a new home and moved into a new home. Mm. And that was one of the, th- the difficult things when being over there is is not being a part of being able to help rebuild she built she bought a house that needed not a lot of renovations so mm-hmm. I, I wasn't part of that mm-hmm. that was disappointing i think to me and my when i got back my oldest son doing the same thing built a house and i was able to help in a s- small way it's, it's in he's in in boston area so it didn't have to go in there much he did a lot of stuff himself but at least i felt i could do it if he needed help i could be there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't able to be there and participate. With, yeah, yeah. Know. So the, w- the world is spinning around with you on it. Uh, you're in a, you're way overseas, and you come back, and this world here that you've called home for fifty six seven years of your life mm-hmm. uh, has gone on uh, without you in its physical presence. Right, right, right. And I mentioned to you, you were certainly spiritually part of the community, and you were in touch often. And and um, I know others had sent things over to you. Wayne, um, I'm going to take a bit of a risk, and I'm going to ask you, um, you, you became emotional uh, during uh, over talking about the playground and the baseball, and I'd just like to explore a little bit about uh, with you about what that um, what is behind that emotion. What is the feeling behind that emotion? I think the, the feeling of success is really was, overwhel- was what overwhelmed me. Not knowing that 
I had any impact at all up until that point. I mean, yeah, certainly they like to, they are always after me for my computer and playing with games on the computer. And, but I didn't know if I felt I have a real impact uh, up until that point. And, then, and that's the only time, I think one of the only times I can, I don't have to think harder if I try to fucking think of any other impacts right, other than, right. you know, I mean, they obviously like, anybody likes things for nothing. You know, so you get a new playground, that'd be nice, you know. Um, but it, that that um, feeling of success when yeah. I go by and say, look, at there's this small little thing, but it just meant, it meant a lot to me. I, I can see why. I can absolutely identify uh, with that because I can imagine you're working, you know, 24 months. It's a lot of time to be around in the culture and to be teaching English and you're wondering every day, uh, possibly, you know, is, is this really making a difference? Exactly. Am, I, am I really making a difference? And then you see tangible proof um, that your mark has made a difference. Mm. And and I get, I totally understand that. that. And I think that's such a powerful experience. And I so, I appreciate you so much sharing that because I think it relates much more to, to much more than just the Peace Corps. We don't always know the impact we have on other people. Uh, we can volunteer for the Lions Club and do service work. We can volunteer at our churches. We can become big brothers to, to needy, needy kids. We can uh, be kind to another person uh, in their time of uh, grief. And sometimes you don't always see the direct impact that mm. you've made. Um, I, somebody gave me this metaphor to think about, this analogy. It's almost like throwing a stone in a pond, and the ripples go out from that stone, and you don't always see them land on the shore. Um, in this case, you did, mm. and and it really moved you because you said, you know what, this was worth that. That made in those two examples, those three examples you gave me, that made my presence worthwhile. Yeah, I think that I like that ripple effect. It's that's a, a good analogy. Yeah, yeah, and I know I know from no, knowing you that um, you know one other story I wanted to share or have you share was that. Uh, going to um, uh, Armenia once wasn't enough. You went back again and, not surprisingly, went back to serve uh, for a couple of days. Uh, and can you tell us a little bit about that and what that was like? Well, I was there the first time. They have a There's a program similar to what we know as Habitat for Humanity. They had a program called Fuller House, and that Fuller House builds houses for for people who um, get selected to have one built. They could be... Thousands of people need housing there, uh, and so I just scheduled my my return trip, and, and I told people I would come back. Yeah. Uh, when they asked, and enough people had said to me, and I felt the, felt the genuine. I didn't think it was just uh, off the cuff remark from them. I felt the genuine that they would like me to come back. Of course. And, like, and look, all, a lot of volunteers have gone back. Mm-hmm. I happened to go back at a scheduled at a time when I knew. Fuller House was working, yep, and and spent the day with them building uh, a new house. Yeah, uh, yeah. And you mentioned to me that um, unfortunately this time back wasn't wasn't all it was cracked up to be. It was much tougher because two years have gone by, and my language skills, which weren't that great in the beginning, yeah, um, got even worse. And so yep. conversations didn't didn't get into as much as you'd want him to. Sure. You want to, and I tell like a conversation like you and I are having right now, I would not be able to do an Armenian at that point. I barely did it uh, 
while you were immersed in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, I guess language is just more difficult, obviously, for someone older than the younger folks that learn a language. Have you kept in touch with your doctor friend? Absolutely. We yeah. um, we he emailed quite a bit uh, since then. Uh, so you formed some lasting relationships as a result of this. I talked about coming back here as far as the grocery stores are concerned. The same kind of impact happened while I was there. Uh, on the, in the reverse end, I went by a store that had a cow's head st- just sticking outside the store, and I couldn't, couldn't figure out what that meant. They're just hanging outside the store, this cow's head, and that signified that it was a meat store. Now, so this wasn't was, a taxidermied head? No, no. It was just probably cut that okay. morning, maybe. Yeah. And I go by and, and, and see that it's a meat market. And Holy it's just smokes. a very common uh, common occurrence. It's, a bit of a jarring uh, it image. It was exactly a jarring image. And I'll tell you another jarring yes. image. is very common over there. And that's funerals. They Funerals are pre- or, or wakes and are held right in the person's house. And they advertise that by having the casket outside the door. Your casket cover outside the door. So that you know that that's where the that, funeral exactly. is or that one's being held yep. and you might want to pay your yep. respects. Exactly. Interesting. I mean, and what is the, what's the predominant religion in the, in the- a Christian. In fact, Armenia is the first Christian country oh, in, the world, 300, in the year 300-something or other. No kidding. Um, yeah, they accepted Christianity, and, it's, and they're known, if you look it up, as the first uh, Christian country. Mm-hmm. How did you adapt to the food and, and, to, and to their— yeah, I assume that you're going to be there for an extended stay, so you've got to— uh, kind of morph into their cultural, make sure you're not offending them, make sure that you've got their cultural norms uh, under right. your hat. But let's start out with food. What was the food like? Food was not much different than uh, I was used to mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, so you get back from that week um, week abroad, and it was a, a little bit of a deflating experience because you'd had this grand 24. I can, I can almost imagine it's like going to... Oh, a really cool resort for 10 days and then coming back for two days, five years later and saying, this isn't quite the way I remembered it. Um, it's not as, as neat as I remembered it um, for different reasons. Mm. But but I, I understand how that could happen. Um, do you have any other plans to go back or to have anyone over? Well, I have had uh, one over. Um, one of my students. And, really? Yep. She was going to college there. I was teaching her in college over there uh-huh. and she ended up coming here and going to college in New York for a year I think she did mm-hmm. um, while she was here I, obviously we met up yeah. Um, yeah. and we still communicate um, quite often yeah yeah she's, a, she's a excellent she's now an English teacher as yeah. a matter of fact yeah over in Armenia that's that's another impact um, that that I'm sure you had um Again, we've been speaking with Wayne Burt, who volunteered 27 months of his life with the Peace Corps uh, in Armenia. And I, I want to tell you, Wayne, I really love the show because of people like you. I, um, I, the show was created basically because I felt that everybody had a story and I was anxious to hear the stories. Um, I've really enjoyed hearing this experience from you firsthand. Um, I want to tell you that... Um, I'm humbled by the fact that you did this. I, I know that you're a service person. I'm proud to know you. Um, I um, I think that if more people, we were talking a little bit about this, the mission of the Peace Corps before the show, 
And to me, we're really governed by two emotions, uh, and it's love and fear. And I think fear is, we have too much fear these days about uh, people that don't look like us, people that don't talk like us. There's a lot of debate around immigration policy. The whole mission of the Peace Corps is to help uh, neutralize that fear and help bring people together. And I can tell you, sitting across from Wayne, uh, has you can see the impact in his eyes. You can see the emo- you can hear the emotion in his voice. And he, as he said just earlier, which is an amazing thing, amazing statement, he lives an Armenian lifestyle as a result of this trip. Uh, so it made it a huge impact on you. So um, I'm just I I can't thank you enough for sharing this story with us. I appreciate you having me. It's, it's been fun, and uh, it's my job, actually. I'm supposed to be doing a lot more of this communication Good. of the Peace Corps. And, so, and I, I've done a little bit, not as much as Good. they would like me to Good. Do. Well, folks, if you do want to volunteer for the Peace Corps, um, I can give you uh, their web address is peacecorps.gov. It's, you can find them on the net. Um, I know Wayne's an ambassador for them. Um, if you'd like to know more about the Peace Corps, Wayne is making himself available. Um, he is an ambassador and particularly interested in speaking to people over 50, as that was his direct experience. Uh, you can look up on, look him up on Facebook. It is W-A-Y-N-E, and his last name is B-U-R-T. Uh, he's a resident of Rentham, Massachusetts. He is uh will always make himself available. I guarantee you'll enjoy your conversation with him, and at the least, you'll come away with a real understanding of the impact the Peace Corps can have on the world, and in Wayne's case, uh, the impact that the Peace Corps had on him. So, for Wayne Burt, my name is Jim Derrick. I want to thank you very much for listening to Chapters. Chapters.